Yo, 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 uh, yo, ha, welcome on in y'all, you all, however you say it from wherever you are from, Anonymous One Podcast, episode two, definitely had a blast making the first episode and, you know, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I'm watching the freaking Lakers game last night, man, and... I'm laying there, and now I'm watching sports. I'm thinking, like, how do I put this as, you know, put this together as a segment for, you know, the podcast? And, you know, my mind is basically revolving around that, you know. So I'm watching the Lakers game. LeBron's first game back in two, almost six or seven weeks, I think. And it's just, what is wrong with them, man? What is wrong with them, though? Like, the Lakers... The Lakers might go down this year as a team. Like, they, they play like the Clippers played last year, honestly. They play like the Clippers played last year. Like, none of this matters. We're just waiting to get to, you know, the playoffs. I don't like this vibe, man. As a, as a, I won't say fan, but, you know, like, I watch the game closely, and it's just a weird vibe coming from them. And, you know, to see LeBron come back, he's kind of playing weird. You know, I think all the, like, sports heads on TV... They're basically saying he looks normal, but to me, you know, like, he looks weird, man. He looks weird. Now, one thing about it is going through an ankle injury, you want to come back and get rid of that fear. I think that's the the main thing. Like, you have to deal with the fear of re-injuring it because that's one of those injuries, man. When it happens, you're like, yo, that was almost it. Like, yo, that was, that was, that was close. Especially the kind of, like, the, the kind that he had. I mean, when you come back, the first thing is you're, you're looking at every area that you step on or are about to step on. You're looking at other guys, making sure they're not playing wild. And to be honest, I, you know, I think what, what beat the Lakers last night, the Kings were playing like wild. <laughs> they were wild, man. They were wild. I mean, those young guys, they were trying to dunk dunk shots that shouldn't be trying to like dunk attempts. You know, like where they could have made it if it was a layup, but they're trying to dunk on people. They're crashing offensive boards. You know, they they're like trying to. You know, they're blocking shots on top of you. Like they're coming down, swatting down. So I mean, the Lakers had it figured out for a little stretch, and it was like, okay, all right, well, we're done here. We're not interested. And you know, you could see LeBron want to match the gas, but also not want to match the gas. Like it was that hesitance when you come back from one of those injuries. Because, you know, six or seven weeks, you still have to feel some kind of tenderness, some kind of weakness, some kind of, like, less than normal in that ankle. And that's that's what I saw. Now, Steph Curry on the other end, speaking of ankles, man, I'm going to cut straight to it. Steph Curry had an interview, um, I think, a couple of weeks ago where, you know, they were they basically asked him what he think about him being an MVP. And he said, of course, I'm the MVP. He said, of course. So, I mean, to me, that's saying, like, yo, I've just been chilling. You know, I'm about to, you know, this right here, this is, this is how I really should play. Like, this is how I really could have been playing that whole time. But, you know, now I'm about to go get this MVP, which is he would have had to jump, like, three or four, three teams to even be in consideration. So, you know, the rest of the league hearing that, you know, I see why. You know, like, his his he's still putting up, he's still putting up pretty decent numbers, but, they're just not impactful anymore. I don't know what happened for a good three or four weeks where he was lighting it up 
and they were winning, but now he's just lighting it up, and they're getting smacked. I mean, they, they lost to the Mavericks and I think the, the Thunder back-to-back, you know, which is... Those are matchups you have to be able to beat if you're talking about your MVP and y'all are going to be in the playoffs. But, you know, Steve Kerr's really kind of blowing me, man. Like, what is going on with Steve Kerr? He's kind of emo. I don't know. I, I've always, I always thought Steve Kerr was overrated. Like, you inherited this squad, bro. And ever since you haven't had a squiddy, like a top-tier squiddy, you're getting smoked. And I think... It was good that we saw the assistant coach, what's his name, uh, Mike Brown, saw him coach the team and do the same thing Steve Kerr was doing because that's always stuck with me. That's always been a thing. Like, I know for a fact Steve Kerr is an overrated coach, you know, and this is just those moments. Every After every game, this dude is downcast, and he's like, yeah, the team wasn't – we weren't ready to play, and I'm the coach, so I guess that's my fault. I hate that kind of talk. Like, go ahead and just – Say you don't feel like doing the job this year, basically. At the end of the day, that's that's what's going on. That's what seems like what's going on. I mean, they lost to the Timberwolves, my G. Man, they lost to the Timberwolves, bro. <laughs> Had a chance to get up to the sixth spot in that, you know, at that early April pace, but you know, you know, the rest of the league's gonna hear that talk, man. And you gotta back it up. You know, like I said, he's still putting up numbers, but just not as impactful. And they, I just don't see them making the playoffs, period. I don't think the Warriors are going to make the playoffs at all. That's just bottom line. Um, another guy I want to talk about, Russell Westbrook. I have not been a big Russell Westbrook fan so far in life. <laughs> not since his early days. You know, I, I, I enjoyed watching him play before, you know, the ego and before he became Mr. Triple Double. I enjoyed it. It was a good show. It's always a good show. But, man, he's climbed my ranks, man. I've been watching his games, you know, and the way that he is contingent on showing, you know, the Wizards that he's willing to change his style and just watching, you know, this guy go out and he's not putting his energy towards scoring. He's putting his energy towards everything else on the court, literally everything else, steals, chase down blocks, rebounds over top of centers on the other team this time. And I mean, he's he's. He's dishing the rock, man. If they had, like, two more guys that were all-star quality, they would be top five in the East, no doubt. Because Bradley Bill's doing hit I me. Mean, Bradley Bill's averaging, like, 30, 30 a game, 30-plus a game. I mean, that's, you got 30-plus a game from Bill. You got Westbrook's getting in ha- triple doubles at halftime. You know, he's had some, he's had some not-so-exciting field goal percentages this season. But earlier in the season, the story was he was injured. And a, a guy like Westbrook, you know, that plays at the speed that he plays at in order to be who he is and the pace that he plays and the energy he plays with, any kind of injury towards a, a guy like that, and you're going to see a much less him. And that's what you were seeing the whole first quarter of the season um, was an injured Russell Westbrook. And now, you know, he is, man, not quite who he was in Thunder Days because obviously, you know, he's older, but... I mean, he's he's something to be dealt with, and he comes to play when he when his team needs a win. That's what's impressive to me. Watching him play against the Lakers and the Nets, you know, he comes when the team needs him, he's there. He's available, and he's there, and he does not cheat the game. I enjoy watching a guy that, you know, I know has, like, basketball integrity. You know, even though that Westbrook has, a, a, a I think, a reputation for on-court decision-making, I think he's turned a page 
and turned a corner in his career, you know, a humbling corner. You know, now you're with the Wizards, bro. You know, now you've, you've moved around now. You're you're on the verge of journeyman status. You know, at the, at the end of the day, that's not what a guy like that wants. So, you know, obviously the triple-double is his thing, and he's determined to that be his thing. But now, you know, I'm watching him do it, and it's like it's not interfering with the game. You know, it's not... It's not slowing down his his game's pace, man. It's it looks like it's it, it looks like Westbrook is figured out the rhythm of the game and not just creating his own rhythm for the whole game. You know, like he's letting the rest of his team dictate where he is on the court and when he attacks instead of just attacking and everybody else reacting to him. Now he's becoming balanced and, you know, meshing well with some guys and honestly, you know, they have I think Bradley Bill, Rui Hachimara, uh, uh, they got some, some other young guys, but I mean, if they had, like I said, two or two more players, all-star quality, boom, you would see Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, and you would have to deal with him, uh, because I think he was very embarrassed last year playing with uh James Harden, and they really at that point didn't want to be on the same team with each other. You know, once they saw what it was like day in day out with each other, they you know it's kind of like relationships when you know. You, course when you see somebody once a month once every three months y'all link up connect hang out it's all good yeah i live with this person i would love to yeah i would love to spend every day with this person then soon as you get in a relationship and you know you're around this person the phone calls start coming in a little bit more frequently next thing you know you, you you're not liking it so much you know that's human nature when there's assumed chemistry and that's one thing that happens a lot in sports, assumed chemistry. So, you know, you're dealing with uh, Russell Westbrook and a, um, James Harden last season who uh, assumed chemistry, assumed because they were friends, long-time friends, that, you know, they could come back and do it all again and have a big hurrah, and that, you know, just wasn't the case. So, you know, I don't think that... Uh, I think Russell Westbrook was in his own head last year around playoff time, and you run into the, the champs, the Lakers, so... AD man, it just doesn't look right, man. I mean, outside of the injury, before the injury, obviously he was struggling this whole season, but he just not look like Anthony Davis, like the brow, the guy who made a unibrow cool. I mean, wasn't cool to me, but you know, it is what it is with the unibrow. But you know, he just think about New Orleans Pelicans, Anthony Davis. I'm talking forty and fifteen. I'm talking thirty and twenty. I'm talking. 27 and 14 with seven blocks and a couple steals and some assists, man. Where is that at? I don't understand, bro. This dude picked up like 30 pounds and all of a sudden he's like really grounded most of the time. And you know, he, I, I'm really not bought into all the three point shooting he's doing. He's it's kind of like when um KG was with the Timberwolves and KG with the Timberwolves. Oh my God, there was nothing you could do. But to me, as a, you know, a student of the game, even at that age, when I saw him go to Boston, it was like, who is this? You know, he had a knee injury, and I think he was getting banged up a little bit. But at the same time, it was, he became a jump shooter. You know, it became like finesse. You know, whereas KG had the finesse, but he would power up on the court when he played with the Timberwolves. I mean, I remember, of course, they were West Coast games. My granddad wouldn't let me stay up and watch the entire game, but I would always check the highlights, check the score, or ask him what happened the next day. And it, it would be KG triple-double, Dirk had 45, you know, Steve Nash had 30 and 10, 
you know, it was always one of those. But this AD, man, this is, I don't like it. I don't like it. At this point, I'd rather have a Giannis than an AD, you know, on my alongside LeBron. I'd rather have a Giannis. You wouldn't even need no Drummond, no big penguin. I don't understand that. Um, but I think, you know, AD, he, he, he used to be a much more tenacious player, you know, before the jump shooting, obviously he could shoot the turnaround fade, uh, but he was all floaters and hooks, man. And it was nothing you could do. Like that seems to be kind of like, he's putting in work on his perimeter game and his bread and butter is getting like his butter's melting. You know what I mean? And his bread is molding. He's not messing with it. He's not. I don't think he's really like. I think he's trying to change his bread and butter, and I don't think that's what the Lakers need for them to win a championship. So apparently Vogel asked him to shoot more threes. I don't understand that, but you know it worked for them last year. He he needs to prove what cloth he's cut from, man. He needs to. He keeps saying the team needs to be desperate and the team needs to do. No, nigga, you do, bro. You do. Like you need to be desperate. Never see AD play desperate. What does that even look like, yo? What does that look like? What does that look like? <sighs> and man, at all points, but I definitely don't think he's 100%. Something definitely wrong with him, like, health-wise still. But, you know, he's... I don't understand why they're not just transparent about what's going on, because we can clearly see it. He doesn't look good to me. It's not the same product. It's not the same product. So, um... About a week ago, we had the Usman Masvidal fight. Man, you gotta like, you gotta love UFC, yo. I got so much respect for UFC, you know, and what they're doing and Dana White because at the end of the day, man, it's about the fans. What fights the fans want to see? What fights we're asking for? Who's number one? Who's number two? Put them together. Let's go. Boxing seems to have lost that mindset. That whole logic of pitting the best against the best. I mean, dang, I'm a huge boxing fan, bro. But it's hard when you got Canelo fighting Joe Blow for three years. Now he fights a real fight. Or you got Errol Spence fighting whoever. When a guy right there, he should be fighting. And that's boxing, man. UFC, you don't have to worry. Bellator, you don't have to worry. They are going to fight. The top dogs will fight. We had Usman, Masvidal, and... um. Obviously, Masvidal, uh, to me, is overrated, been overrated, very overrated. Uh, he's got a lot of L's. He had 14 L's coming into the fight. I mean, that, when you have 14 ways to get beat, bro, I don't understand how he ever got... He beat, you know, he had a, the fastest knockout. Yeah, that was impressive, but he got way too much clout for that. And, uh, you know, we got to see him go up against Usman, and Usman... I don't know if you know, he's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Um, just to watch him, you know, progress from being just a wrestler to who he is right now and his confidence and his striking, you know, that's, uh, you, you can get my respect right there. He stole a lot of stuff from Conor McGregor, and I think that's obvious with one little YouTube search, but I don't think Conor can mess with him. Conor needs to just go away at this point. Um, but, you know, it comes back to the state of boxing versus state of MMA. And MMA is trending up, you know, and it's all about matchups and it's all about putting the best out there, the best product for the people. You know what I'm saying? Having that unpredictability that we know 
you know, even if it, let's just say UFC is rigged and they already know who's going to win. And, you know, guys are like, it's just all choreographed, whatever. Bro, we're watching like guys' feet get mangled, legs get broken and shattered. We're watching like knockouts where a person's neck gets spun around. I mean, you can't mess with that, man. If there, you can't mess with that, man. I mean, boxing has to do something. Dana White should just run all of combat sports. Dana White should just run boxing. Get rid of all these stupid commissions they have. Those commissions are outdated and antiquated, and they need to get rid of them. They need to just have Dana White and Monster in boxing, man. Just let them set it all up. You know, have some guys up under him. You know, they don't. Dana White doesn't pay a lot. And I think a lot of that's a lot of those UFC guys are uh, leaving for Bellator or Bellator, Bellator, however you say it. But uh, they're leaving and walking away because it's just like they get paid chump change compared to boxers, compared to boxers and compared to Bellator. So um, I don't know. I'm glad that they're, you know, I'm happy for these fights, the, the Jake Paul's fights. And, you know, it's good for boxing, man. It's good to have different avenues for boxing, you know, with. Basketball, at one point, we had NBA, we had the M1 street ball, we had slam ball. I mean, it was, it's all different kind of avenues you can take within a sport, and it still keeps its integrity as long as you don't mix up the avenues. As long as the avenues don't get molded and meshed together, then yeah, we're good. We can, you can have that. I, I don't mind it, man. It's important for these young guys that's out here getting their faces bashed in every day to make as much money as they can and be their own bosses, you know, just like all the other sports. You know, that's that's the goal at the end of the day. Um, it's good for those guys. They want to control their own destiny and income. Let them. Let them. They want to fight whoever. Let them fight whoever. If they can generate their own views, their own uh, buys, pay-per-view buys, their own whatever, let them do it, man. That's how it should be. I don't understand this commission thing. is like a slave trade almost. These agents keeping fighters from, you know, fighting the best and being competitive. Yeah, that's what that is, man. Just being owned, basically. <laughs> so. But, you know, I I'm expecting, you know, the draft. I don't really want to talk about the NFL draft too much. You know, it's still going on. And, I, you know, I don't really have a reason not to talk about it other than my freaking Packers, man. We're blowing it. We're going to let Aaron Rodgers walk away. I think it's a whole episode I can do on Batman. Because as a Packers supporter, I just don't understand how a guy comes around. He's one of the greatest talents of all time. And you don't give him any receivers. He's only thrown a touchdown pass to one first round drafted receiver. That makes absolutely no sense. So, I think I'm going to hold off on that because I want to make sure that, you know, it's not just a smokescreen that, uh, you know, it doesn't come out that it wasn't real, it wasn't true. You know, you got, I haven't seen an interview from him yet, so I'm just hold off on that as a Packer fan and just, you know, hope that that was all gibberish. And, uh... I think that I think that about wraps it up, man. I really wanted to get in here. This is fun because I have a lot of ideas, and I can pretty much do this whenever um, my kids aren't all over all over me. So, 
expect to hear back soon. Uh, we've got a lot going on this coming week. We've got definitely NBA talk, definitely uh, NBA playoff race talk, and uh, we'll see who ends up where as far as the top seeds in the East and the West. Also, definitely want to do a draft episode. Once the draft is over, what I'm going to do is put together um, draft grades for each team, and we'll go from there, man. I'm just going to, you know, obviously I'm not completely winging it, but, you know, at the same time, I want to keep things fresh. I want to make sure that, you know, we're staying, you know, on top of the sports angle and, you know, have some other, inter- have some interviews coming up with, um, you know, health and wellness, uh, personal trainers. Got a lot of stuff coming, man, so... We'll get in there, and we'll see you next time on the Anonymous One Podcast.